As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show. The Athletic Football Show is presented by State Farm. Because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get a quote today. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. Today is Wednesday, November 24th. We have a special Thanksgiving ish edition of the athletic football show today it's not thanksgiving obviously it's the day before thanksgiving but we are going to preview the thanksgiving games and to help me do that i am thrilled to welcome nate tice and shio kapadia guys how are you doing i've been doing well this is great we it's like a we get my favorite part of the week is when we do the gambling well i was just say favorite most eventful Part of the week is when we do the gambling segment because it can be negative as well. Maybe not this week, but a little negative as well. So it's nice that we kind of get to double down a little Thanksgiving treat, not just for you guys, but for us too. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm ready. You know, I'm usually a Grinch for like most holidays, but I like a Thanksgiving because I don't have to go anywhere. I can watch TV. I can eat. Football's on. I don't have to interact with strangers. All these things that, you know, I, I would rather not do. And so uh, I'm ready to talk about these games and even bad games can be fun games. So I'm sure we'll get to that. So what we're going to do today, just kind of laying this out for you, we're going to preview the three Thanksgiving games. We're going to do a couple bets that we like, kind of try to make this day interesting for you guys. We are also going to record our Friday episode today, just as a full disclosure. We're trying to pack all this in, allow us to have some time with our families, even though S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't want his. So just kind of (laughs) giving you guys the groundwork of how this is going to go. So let's start with the first game of the Thanksgiving slate. I come to Miami for Thanksgiving every single year now with my fiance, now fiance's family, and the Bears always play early, but it's in the morning, so I have to figure out a way to watch this game, and it, I assume if you don't understand me or my life 
or my connection to the bears, her family doesn't understand why I have to go somewhere on the way to dinner in order to stop and watch it and not miss anything. I'm thinking I might not do that this year. I might just watch on the phone or just there you catch go. the second half because here's my thing. This game is awful. Yeah. What I that's what I'm going to start with, Shield. Can you give me a reason that I should be compelled by this football game? Uh, gambling, fantasy, if you want, you know, if you want to lean into some like football hipster takes and, you know, just find like some, what's the lion's corner? Uh, I, uh, uh, I can't even pronounce his name. So we should know I'm by now we bet say. on him so I many think times. It's the Penn State guy. Yeah. But you know, if you want to like try to pick out a player like that, who maybe yeah. you're having a conversation with someone next week and you're like, yeah, I know you think Patrick Mahomes is great, but let me tell you about the guy who's coming in on dime for the lions. And he had this third, you know, if you want something like that other than those things you know it's just uh it's kind of background noise so this would be a time like if you're around family you want to volunteer hey anyone need me to cut up some potatoes anyone needs you know i can go make a run uh to the store if if you're somebody in like a specialized profession you know like doctor lawyer mechanic accountant where when you see family like everyone's just rushing over hey my back hurts hey you know my tat in their ass now's the time to get all that out <laughs> is during this early game uh you can just have the have the game on as background so i, I don't know if i answered your question or not that is those are all good reasons for me i watch bears games in this moment for justin fields and now yep. not having him play in this game and then under the cloud of everything happening in chicago so we're recording this on tuesday afternoon there was a report from the local patch which we'll start there that matt nagy had been informed that he was going to be fired after this game Matt Nagy comes out today during his press conference, which got to be in that room this afternoon, and said, that report is not true. I have not had that conversation with ownership. Matt Nagy, by the way, I don't. this is awful. You should never do this. I don't condone this in any way. I think it's horseshit. His son, at his high school football game, they were chanting that he should be fired. They were chanting oh. that Matt Nagy should be fired at the Bulls game earlier this week. Yeah. So this is the atmosphere that we're walking into as the Chicago Bears on Thanksgiving. There's no Justin Fields. Every single time the coach or someone related to him comes out in public, there are a chance for him to be relieved of his duties. Uh, it, it's I can't yeah. remember an overall setup like this where it's like there was so much weird yet not compelling stuff going on with the Chicago Bears, Nate. Yeah, those Chicago or the high school fans, that kind of I had some PTSD coming back with a oh, man. son. Yeah, uh, but it, it is kind of bullshit. It really is. The, the coach gets paid, not the son. Yes. So, you know, yes, he deserves the criticism. He deserves all that. Yada, yada, yada. That's his job. I get it. Leave the family out of it. Like, just come on. Yeah. I get it's high school kids and whatever, but it's like, come on, they should know better. Parents should know better. Everything, everybody should know better. But yeah, I would, I'm with you though, uh, Robert, is that the only reason I would watch this game, I was pretty excited. Hey, maybe Justin Fields, I get to watch it. On the West Coast, this is usually a 9 a.m. game. I usually miss, I always forget. I'm like, oh, that's right. The morning game's at 9 a.m. Oh, shoot. And I have to start. And I'm like midway through the first quarter and I'm watching the Lions already down 10 nothing or something. And it's like, that's the usual Thanksgiving site. This year, I'm going to be on Central Time. I'll be in St. Louis visiting my sister. Yeah, still not exciting. Doesn't I change time zone? Still might not be up for it. I still might not be up for this game <laughs> because there's nothing really getting me out of bed to watch this game. Um, other than gambling wise, and I do have 
one prop for it, if we would get to that, about uh, with this game, that would make it somewhat interesting. So let's get to that, because the gambling side of this is the most interesting side of this. I yeah. guess you could have DeAndre Swift on your fantasy team. If you have anyone else that's playing, David Montgomery as well. David Montgomery yep. and DeAndre yeah. Swift. Anyone else in this game, your fantasy season probably isn't going well. I'm not sure you <laughs> have any sort of relevance in your league by this point in the calendar. The Bears are minus three against this Lions team which says all you need to know about the state of the bears right now. Are, are you guys intrigued by any side of this shield? It, just in terms of the spread itself. Uh, I like the bears a little bit. I mean, if you watch that Lions game last week with Tim Boyle, I mean, he threw seven for 77 yards on 23 attempts like that kind of, you know, if you're going to have that kind of passing game, it's going to be hard regardless who you're playing with uh, to really keep up. Now, anything can happen. Special teams, touchdown, uh, defensive touchdown. But what you really saw in that game is that uh, man Campbell, as we refer to him on, on this show a few weeks ago against the Rams, I remember praising him because it was like, Hey, we're big underdogs. Let's just go for it on side kicks, fake punts, whatever. And you, I felt like, you know, it's kind of been beaten out of him by this point. I mean, in that game last week, they're down 13 to seven, fourth and one from the Cleveland 25 with nine, 10 left. And he's kicking a field goal. They have a third and 14 with like two and a half minutes left. They run the ball and then they punt. And so uh, like there aren't, you know, I don't think he's going to be in the mood to make this a weird game and a high variance game. He's in survival mode with uh, Tim Boyle. And so, you know, it I don't sounds like golf might play. Oh, which, is that? Okay. Was, All right. The, the quote I'm sorry was then. 60% chance at 50, 50. Oh. That was the oh. exact, that was the exact quote. <laughs> you should have cut me off like two minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, but he said sixty percent chance at golf is fifty fifty. So okay, well, yeah. Well, then I would wait till Thursday and see who's playing because I do I you know I do think it I'm does. You, for all we can say about golf, you know, golf is like a Dalton level quarterback um, for whatever this means. But Tim Boyle, you know, probably is not at this. How point. horrifying oh. would it be if you were a Lions fan and the news came out that golf was playing and the line didn't move? Yeah. The, the, the two of uh, the two of yeah, I don't think it's going to move a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just to know <laughs> that there's point? no difference between the quarterback that you're paying $30 million next uh, year. And Tim Boyle yeah. would be uh, as a Lions fan, just one more step in the wrong direction. Nate, you mentioned a prop. What are you going to do for me here? That's going to make this game worth watching and interesting. So one of the props on MGM bet MGM is who it's a Thanksgiving day special and it's uh, who will have the most rushing yards of all the three games. And I'm going with DeAndre Swift at plus 500. I, I think that lines, they know what they have at quarterback, even with golf. I think they know what they have at receiver. I think they know that this is just what they are this year. I mean, they're a permanent rock fight team. They are like, they are going to drag everything back to the BC, like, you know, way back. We're throwing spears like <laughs> with this offense. So I think that's they're just going to pound the rock. They've really been focusing with Swift the last couple of weeks. Their actually run game has had a couple of nice pop plays. But yeah. I just think that it's just going to be a war of attrition in this game. I think it's going to be a lot of running the ball. And I think DeAndre Swift might, you know, pop a couple and end up with it. He's finished with some good yardage totals the last couple of weeks, even if it's not efficient sometimes. So I think that's just going to be their strategy and they're going to lean on him. And I, I like that above uh, maybe some of the other backs today. And it's nice, decent value. Akeem Hicks, it, if the injury report, the theoretical injury report that came out uh, earlier yeah. this week, he would not be practicing. And so there's a chance that he does not play in this game, which is definitely a ding to the Bears run defense. So that's also something to keep in mind. What, what yeah. were you saying? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the you know it's the same one I wrote down. I wrote down two from this game, and one is the one uh, Robert you you had texted to us earlier as a joke that you know, which we can get to. But I had that down for Swift too. Fifty three touches yeah. in the last two games for DeAndre Swift. He he's fifth in the in NFL in yards from scrimmage among running backs. Like I, I yeah I'm, I'm with you. I kind of I like DeAndre Swift. I think it's kind of a shame that he's there and no one's paying attention. Like if he were on a playoff caliber team, I think he'd be getting you know a little more buzz right now. But you know he's gonna get he's gonna get a lot of touches he can break one and so uh, i thought at plus 500 that that was pretty good the one i had from this game player specific darnell mooney is 10 to 1 to have the most receiving yards of anyone this week darnell mooney last week with Allen robinson out had 16 targets wow against the ravens okay finished with over 100 yards part of that was one huge completion guess what this Lions team is not a good pass defense. They're 29th <laughs> in the league in pass defense DVOA. And if he's going to get double-digit targets, a 10-to-1 dart throw to have the yeah. most receiving yards is pretty darn good because you look yeah. at the other options. In another week, you think, oh, the Cowboys, no CeeDee Lamb, no Amari Cooper. Dallas, or excuse me, uh, Buffalo is playing against a good Saints defense. The Saints are playing against a really good Bills pass defense without any receivers. Who's it going to be on the Lions? Like 10 to 1 is a dart throw for Donna Mooney to have the most receiving yards tomorrow. I don't hate. I actually think that's a really interesting one. <laughs> it is. I didn't realize he had that many targets. It did feel it felt that way, but that's like hilarious when you actually <laughs> see it in context because they probably don't they don't throw the ball that much either. So once you realize the target share is going to be ridiculous uh, with him out there. So the over under of this game is 41 and a half. Oof. As Sheila alluded to. On BetMGM, of the three Thanksgiving games, you can get six to five odds for this to be the lowest scoring game. I typically hate looking at betting unders, rooting for low scoring games, not wanting to see touchdowns. Wouldn't this be the perfect game to just sit there and flip flip that on its head? You're rooting for every fumble, for every interception. Everything that can go bad becomes good for you. If you bet on this to be the lowest scoring game of the day, Shil, you have to be excited by that. I am. I, the juices are flowing now. I can't wait till Thursday. <laughs> when is it? Twelve thirty local time. I'll be parked right here, ready to root for that uh, lowest scoring game. Yeah, plus one twenty. I think what uh, screws you here, if it doesn't hit, is like a special teams touchdown or multiple like defensive touchdowns. You know, you you can't root too hard for that. You can root for the fumble. You don't want to root for yes, the fumble return yes, yes. for a touchdown. So it can get tricky there. But I mean, the way the Lions are playing, I mean, they're they're barely trying to score points, and and I mean the. Bears, if they're actually trying to win this game, it's probably going to be pretty conservative uh, as well with their defense. So could Robert Quinn have a sack fumble that, you know, Roquan Smith returns for a touchdown? Yeah, something like that could hurt you. But I mean, you've got some some offenses with juice later in the day. And so, yeah, I was kind of surprised to see, see that at plus 120. Like that that's probably my favorite one uh, from this game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite-free. You see, 
this. A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's get to our next game here. The Raiders and Cowboys, the second game on the slate. Cowboys are minus 7.5 to 50.5 over under. Nate, the Raiders, we had some moments early in the season, and even after Gruden resigned, where the offense showed some flashes, it just seems like they've run into a wall again. feels like an annual tradition with them where you have some bright spots, you have Carr having you know, two-week stretches, three-week stretches where he looks like one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league, and then they just continue to run out of gas. Do you feel like we're going to get a jump from them down the stretch where they can kind of get back to a level that we saw earlier in the season, or do you feel like the arrow is headed in the wrong direction with them? I, I think the arrow is headed in the wrong direction. That that Bengals game had some bad vibes on it. Like, it, it really did. Like, it, at first I was like, oh, they're hanging in there, and it was fairly competitive. But even on offense, which is supposed to be the strength of their team, it just is disjointed right now. Um, I felt like they had such a – I mean, obviously, they lose their play caller. That's going to happen a little bit, even if Gruden can be a little – all over the place. Um, it's that I think it's just this offense is they they really just hit a rut. The offensive line woes, some of the pass protection stuff. Uh, we thought I, I really think because they're all the heavy personnel, it's a misconception. It's like, oh, they can pound the rock, but I think they they can't. Like they don't have that running floor that you would think they would have with this type of offense. So when you put it in cars' hands over and over and over, you lose rugs and uh, for all that stuff. And you know, you're relying on Deshaun Jackson. And Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro are great players, but I just feel like they've hit a rut. Like, it's just like, it's hard to win when you have nobody outside that can win for you. You're, you're focused on all this internal stuff and they're playing a Cowboys team that can match up with them fairly well. Um, so I think it's just a, it's a weird team. It's bad vibes team. I, I mean, understandably so. And they're facing a team that I think is gonna be pretty pissed off uh, coming back home uh, in the Cowboys. So I, th- I just think this Raiders team did hit a wall and it just kind of feels that way too, even watching it back. Shield, obviously a, a rough day for the Cowboys offense against the Chiefs. It looks like we're at no CeeDee Lamb and no Amari Cooper in this game again, possibly. Do you have faith, even with those guys out, that the Cowboys offense can kind of find its footing again after the, what we saw on Sunday against Kansas City? Yeah, I think this is sort of a nice matchup on a short week. You know, the Raiders aren't going to bring a lot of variation with their defense. Yeah. You know, you know yes. how to kind of attack the the three deep, four pass. I mean, there's a formula, I think, for the Raiders to be competitive or win this game. Like, if the Cowboys O-line gets beat up like they did last week and with Ngakwe and Crosby, that, you know, that's possible, that they could really give them uh, a tough day. If they're able to do that, then I think they can be competitive. But if they're not losing those battles consistently at tackle against those edge rushers, I think they're going to bounce back in a, in a pretty big way. I mean, that Cowboys defensive performance last week, yes. you know, was equally impressive to the Chiefs defensive performance going back and looking at it. I mean, they held the Chiefs to nine straight possessions without a touchdown to end the game. You know, like like an average defense, you're getting blown out uh, completely in that game and you're not even in it. And that's without Demarcus Lawrence and without Randy Gregory. So Dan Quinn, you know, deserves all the credit uh, for making that group competitive. They're fourth in defensive DVOA. I, I, I mean, I, I remember it's, being, a, I, I think we talked about the NFC East, Robert, during the preview thing. And it was like, you know, if the Cowboys can get to like 17th in defensive efficiency, they can be Super Bowl contenders. And, and like, I can't believe that it's, 
sustaining week after week after week. And I don't think it's smoke and mirrors. They've got kind of under the radar guys making big plays every week, which to me is a sign of great coaching where it's just like, all right, this guy just showed up. Uh, you know, J. Ron Kirst just came in and made a big play here, that that type of thing. So um, I, I think the Cowboys, you know, what Nate was saying about the Raiders, it just feels like they've had like four different seasons already. I mean, it's just kind of exhausting and sad to watch them where you're just like, shoot, man, can they just kind of call it and move bad. ahead to their offseason yeah. and move forward? Obviously, they're professionals. They're not going to do that, but that's kind of just what it what it feels like to me with the Raiders. So it, it would be impressive if they came in and really made this a competitive game or really pulled off the upset. I think that would really speak to um, you know the character and the fight there. But man, I, I just haven't seen it watching them the, the last three weeks. I agree. And, and I just feel like, again, that Dallas has so much more to play for and they have so many more reasons to kind of dig deep on this one and i'm curious nate so i'm looking at it zeke is four to one to have the most rushing yards on thanksgiving and when i look at the way that the cowboys kind of unleash their game plan against the chiefs i was surprised they didn't run the ball more if only to kind of take some heat yeah. off of the way that spags was approaching that and you look at it if you're a little bit worried about your tackles and pass protection your offensive line period in pass protection against crosby against yannick Ngakwe just as a way to kind of control the game. It just feels like I would lean on that running game more, even against a single high team like the Raiders than they did last week against the Chiefs. That's why Zeke at that number, when no one else really jumps out to me, I know you said you like Swift. That's intriguing to me just because I feel like the Cowboys could lean on that a little bit more just to kind of get themselves back into a comfort zone this week. Completely agree. And one of the strengths with the Cowboys run game is that they can hit anything. Like that's what we like it about it is that they can run counter one week duo. They run draw, they run outside zone, they hit everything. And that means they can hit a run it run, which is no matter what the look is, like you said, a single high team, I still think they can get to it and be positive with those types of looks. And I actually do think, I think I read that Tyron Smith might play on Thursday, which would be big. Boom. Be great. Yeah. And, yeah. and this, it's funny. My other little prop I have in this game is actually, it's bizarre. I'm actually about to say this is Dalton Schultz for the most receiving yards on Thanksgiving Ooh, at man. 1600. So listen to this. Okay. Just as we were talking about Gus Bradley is going to run his stuff. Like that's just what he does. We know this by now. What the weakness in that kind of defense is, is tight ends are running backs receiving. And that's just what the matchups end up being. You got the receivers out for the Cowboys, the top two guys, and then Gallup's back. I know that, but they're going to play on top of Gallup the whole game. So that's like what the traditional cover three wants to do. They want you to throw those goal balls. That defense, Dan Quinn, when he first came to Atlanta, when someone asked him, like, what, what was the quarterback that was the biggest pain in the ass to go against? He said, Philip Rivers, like without a hesitation, because he's the only quarterback willing to check it down against that defense over and over and over and over and over. Dak Prescott's another quarterback that is willing to check it down over and over and over. So maybe Tony Pollard and Zeke split some, but I also think Dalton Schultz is going to get those targets. That's this. I truly think that's his number one target for this game. It's plus 1600. We're talking about dart throws. That's that. I love this is, this is me just trying to talk myself into. Oh, it really I love it. Build up that that is a right fantastic here. thing to root for all game. That's my favorite yes. one that one of you guys have mentioned so far today. Shield were there any, yes, any of the other props specific to this game that jumped out to you? Yeah, well, Nate's is so good because it's just could create such a great family dynamic. You know, hey, uh, Nate, you, you ready to come? I, I can't. Dalton Schultz, uh, I'm waiting for, you know, if he has 20 more yards in the fourth quarter, I really have a shot at this. I don't I'll know be, if it's good know, or go bad. My... Say, tell everyone to say what they're thankful for. I'll be there and give you like 15 I don't know if it's good words. or bad, but my family actually would understand. They would go like, <laughs> that's right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there is like, such a hyper-specific situation. Like, that's I know. bullshit. I, 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 know. Wish I Walking into that scenario, 
video. It's like you could get away with anything in a football context with your family. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We we might do a like a, D, a DFS like fantasy day for thir- for Thanksgiving. Oh, me and my family. That's actually what we might do. Just hey, the, we we like action. We all like it. We're competitors. Why not? It adds a little <laughs> juice to the day. The other one I kind of like here: uh, Raiders lowest scoring team of the day plus six hundred. They've scored sixteen points or fewer in three straight. We just talked about the Cowboys defense. I mean, there's a chance this is just a, a, a 24 to six type blowout yep. uh, in this game. So that was one that kind of caught my uh, caught my attention a little bit as well. Yeah, I like that a lot. I also think the under is intriguing in this game. I mean, if you don't have a lot of faith in the Raiders offense, I mean, that 50 is not a big number, but it's not a small number either with yeah. the struggles that the Raiders have had. I feel like the public's perception of the Cowboys defense has not caught up with what it actually looks like in practice because we've talked about how good it is and i don't think that that's how they're viewed just on a general level right now so that one's really interesting don't just ride the index seek to outperform it with fidelity active etfs learn more at fidelity.com active etfs before investing in any exchange traded fund you should consider its investment objectives risks charges and expenses contact fidelity for a prospectus an offering circular or if available a summary prospectus containing this information read it carefully while active etfs offer the potential to outperform an index these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive etfs fidelity brokerage Services LLC member NYSE SIPC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get to the last game of the day, the Saints and the Bills. Sheila, I wanted to talk about the piece you wrote on Tuesday for The Athletic. Bills, coming off that blowout loss against the Colts, they're 6-4. and four. You are not worried. And I want you to lay out why you aren't worried about the Bills right now. Yeah, I, I think I'm not worried. You know, yeah. I, I think a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the stuff that's been discussed, there's, you know, it's absolutely valid. The way teams are playing them, they don't have an efficient run game. Can they move the ball down the field without making mistakes? All those things are valid. But I, I looked at it and they're 0-3 in one score games. And generally when you look at a team that blows everyone out last Sunday, notwithstanding, that was obviously a bad game, and loses those one score games, that's generally a good team. But Really, it's with the offense. And I was just looking at some of the numbers. I, I love just looking at a comparison. Hey, this year to last year, we know how dynamic they were last year. What's been the difference? And there's been a few key differences. One is interceptions, not just how many Allen is throwing, but the high leverage type interceptions, which you can measure with EPA. They're 29th, which basically means only three teams in the NFL have been hurt more by interceptions than the Bills. Fourth down is killing them. They're they're three for yeah. 10 on fourth down, high leverage situations. We know what happened against the Titans. I mean, think about how much one play can change the narrative of a team, right? If they if he gets that first down, they score there. All of a sudden, they're seven and three. They have a win over the Titans, and maybe we're talking about them differently. And then they're 27th in EPA on offensive penalties. So some of the other stuff you look at, I mean, the explosive plays, like I was shocked. I had to double check the numbers over and over again because they're producing really more explosive plays or as many as last year. And these aren't, you know, catch and run. These are 20 yards downfield. Josh Allen has been one of the best players in the NFL in terms of those passes, 20 yards or more downfield. They've already got almost as many yards on those plays as they did 
all of last season. So I understand the teams are playing the, the two deep and daring up, but they're finding ways, whether it's inside a structure or outside a structure to push the ball downfield. Now, I watch Sunday's game like everyone else. I mean, this sounds like the stupidest take. You're probably yelling at your phone or your or your wherever you're listening to this saying, dude, did you not watch them just get the doors blown off on Sunday? And I understand that, but we have, you know, 10 games worth of data here. And so I look at teams like the Chiefs and the Bills and I say, is the quarterback healthy? Are their main offensive weapons healthy? Is the offensive line competent? Do they still have the play caller? And if I'm saying yes, 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 yes to all those things, then I'm saying, you know what? Some of those issues that they've had, they're going to be able to figure those out. Some of those issues that I just mentioned, they're going to regress a little bit. And this is still going to be a really good team. So uh, that was my take with the Bills. We'll see if I'm uh, sticking, you know, as Thanksgiving night rolls around and Sean Payton is upsetting them and people are tweeting at me that I'm an idiot. We'll see if I'll uh, delete, have have an editor delete that column from The Athletic. But that's, <laughs> that, that, that's how I saw it as of right now. Nate, how would you respond to that? What, what, what I, do you make of all I, that? That And that's why I keep saying too, I, I keep looking at the Bills team and thinking the same thing. I'm like, they're, they something's got to pop. And then... It, and it's just the same wall they run into every week. And that's, uh, I think what Shields said, that explosive play, those are still there. And that's, it's pure Josh Allen. That is Josh Allen making plays with his great, you know, one-on-one receivers, the guys that can really get open on man coverage or find those soft spots really. But it's just, it's, there's no, the floor is so low. It feels so boom or bust. Like it feels so like every play is like a, like you, nothing feels yeah, easy when true. they when they need the maybe that's why the fourth down sounds like that stat actually sounds right because it's they don't have those just like hey we need three yards here what do we run like you know they don't have that like go to yeah. play to get those cheap yards and and I still haven't seen where they can find that but I I just I do trust Josh Allen I know he's going through a low right now he's up and down every week it's like this guy is too talented they have too many talented players and I've seen this offense at such highs. That's like I'm with Shield a little bit, but it is that it is getting worrying where they just can't find those cheapies, and especially with the O line protection stuff. Um, you know when Feliciano went out and stuff like that's trickled down from that. They're facing a Saints team that can bring some heat. You know they might not. They've been a little softer, especially last week against uh, the Eagles, which I understand. But they might be a little softer in those coverages. But it's still they can fool guys. They can get those safety pressures. They can get a little funk on there. But I kind of see what Shield's saying too. It's like this. It feels like it's just bounced so hard against them. It's like something's got to bounce back on that offense. It might not be to the highs that they hit last year, yeah. but it's not like this. You know, it's not like switching the matrix. Not like this. You know, <laughs> that's just what it is. And I think on the flip side, we haven't talked about the Saints yet, but it's, yeah, uh, I'm kind of out on Trevor Simeon-led offense. <laughs> Before we get into the specifics of the game, I, wa- I wanted to kind of posit my theory about this Bills offense. I, If you look at the numbers, and it never made sense to me. Even in the moment, it never made sense to me. No one had more dropbacks against man coverage last year than Josh Allen in the NFL. No one. And Stephon Diggs was a monster against man coverage. Yeah. It was a team built to beat man coverage, if <laughs> you think about the yeah. way it was constructed. And that makes sense when teams are playing against Josh Allen during the first two to three years of his career, when you're blitzing a lot, when you're just trying to make him uncomfortable. They had settled into a version of themselves last year where that approach made zero sense anymore. Guess what? Defensive coordinators in the NFL are smarter than me. They also understood that. So now you go from a world where he was facing on drop his dropbacks last year, man coverage on about 39% of plays. That was the highest rate in the NFL. This year it's 27% of plays. It's 15th in the NFL. It's a huge, huge gap in the amount of zone versus man that they're seeing. A lot of it is very soft zone. So you're making him 
make precise throws and you're making him take stuff underneath. It's not a disaster. They're fine. Mm-hmm. They can move the ball. They're still mm-hmm. a relatively efficient offense. But it, I think, and this is, I don't know how backed up this is by numbers. Turnovers often regress. But mm-hmm. I think that now that we're in a world where defenders' eyes are on him more and he's trying to make these plays late, think about the Odom interception from by the Colts last week. Yeah. He's staring that thing down the entire time. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen's not like an anticipatory thrower into a lot of windows. He's got a cannon. Like when they're playing a lot of man coverage, think about all the crossers he hit where he's throwing the ball into open space, not anticipating in tight windows and zone coverage. So when he's trying to make some of these throws late and you have defenders in zone with their eyes on him, that's where some of these plays are happening. So even if turnovers do come back to normal, I do think that the structure of defenses against him this year sets teams up better to take the ball away. I was talking to a defensive backs coach recently about this. And again, I have to dig more into the numbers on it. But they were talking about how they consciously made a transition from more man to more zone this year because they thought it would be a way to create more takeaways. And I, yeah. when you watch the way that teams are playing the Bills this year, that's what it feels like to me. Is that transition to more soft zone, you can still get completions under it and mm-hmm. they're still an efficient offense. But I think making them drive the ball down the field and having eyes on him is just a bad recipe for this Bills offense hitting its peak again. Yeah. yeah, it's a good and to play devil's advocate to what I just said, they've had the easiest slate of uh, opposing defenses in the NFL so yeah. far. So like, we're going to find out now you're going to play the yeah. Patriots twice, you're going to play the Saints here. Um, we're going to find out whether these issues are major or not. I basically think they're going to fall somewhere between what they were last year and what they've been so far. So I, agree. I, I don't think I they're agree. going to be a disaster. I don't, you know, when Josh Allen went from 19 to 20 and you saw that jump in accuracy, it's sort of like the old money ball theory that usually, uh, I forget what boomerang theory or whatever it is, that usually that third year, it's going to come back somewhere in between and certainly we've seen that you know you've seen him miss more throws his accuracy I think has been fine but not elite like it was last year and so uh, I think some of the things are going to balance out I think the defense can certainly make up for some of that decline uh, on the offense and I guess my point was I still think they're going to be there in the end I think if we're doing this before the playoffs and we're talking about who has a chance to win the Super Bowl I still feel like the Bills are going to be one of those teams we're talking about so we'll see I agree with you we're talking throwing the ball and the other thing with man coverage is the obvious thing is Josh Allen could scramble easier. Like yeah. all those guys had their backs turned and those he's still scrambling, but it's like a four or five yard gain. It's not those like, you know, when the, that big ostrich is just running. Just imagine space. the <laughs> Justin Herbert game from last week. You're not seeing those where he's just no. running for 20 yards a clip. Correct. That's just not because av- av- like you said, available everyone them. has eyes on them. And, and especially when uh, you were throwing in a zone, they defenses just take advantage for like if that ball gets tipped. There's another defender just waiting there, tips and overthrows. Every DB coach wants to say that. And it's just, that's what it is. They're just making that, they're making the chaos. They're going like, no, you have to be chaotic against us. You actually have to be precise or you can't be chaotic. You have to be precise. It's boom or bust, but you actually have to be precise in between it. And I think that's what defenses are doing. Yeah. Let's talk about this game specifically. I think this is a bad matchup for them because this Saints team, it's not as if they're going to have to change their stripes to nope. play the style of defense that's given the Bills a little bit more problems this year. The Saints want to live that way. They yeah. want to play too high and sit there. They're they soft. play a little bit more man, but for the most part, they're comfortable living with two high safeties almost more than any other team in the league is outside of that Fangio-Staley grouping. Like If you looked yep. at a chart of defenses, which I have recently, the Rams, <laughs> the Broncos, the Packers, and... Uh, the Chargers are all in that little sphere here. The Saints are just a little step down from that. 
So th- again, it's not a huge departure for them to attack the Bills the way that teams yep. have wanted to. So, Shil, when you're looking at the Bills' defense here against the Saints' offense, this feels like a get-back game because the Saints are still banged up. Teron Armstead might play. Ramchek is still a question. Kamara is not necessarily on track to play. And they were a mess last week against the Eagles. So this feels like the type of week where the Bills can kind of find their groove again. They, they should, yeah. I mean, it's just it's not like complicated analysis with the Saints offense. I mean, yeah. they don't have players. Yeah. They're missing all their best. They're missing all their best players. Like, look at that game. I mean, Sean Payne, I, I still think, you know, like like I'm surprised they're even have been this good this year. Like I, before the season, I was saying this team is going to stink. And that was even with Jameis Winston. And so the way they've been able to piece some things together has almost been uh, impressive in a way. But yeah, I mean, uh, offensively, if you're missing both your tackles and we'll see if those guys play and you don't have Kamara and Thomas hasn't played a snap and you're on Trevor Simeon uh, at quarterback here it's like what are you supposed to do I mean at some point someone's gonna have to make a play there's a one-on-one matchup you have to be able to protect all those things that are just gonna be really difficult for them Uh, having said that though overall you know looking at the the spread of plus five and a half Sean Payton has played nine games as an underdog without Drew Brees in the last three years Last week was the first time he didn't cover. He's eight and one against the spread Ooh, in those wow. games. So they're like, you know, and I get it because I was looking at a lot of those games last year going, well, give me a break. They got no chance with these guys. They're trotting out there and they somehow find a way, whether it's defense, special teams, they scheme up one explosive play and all of a sudden uh, they're in it. So uh, I'm kind of with you. I think that matchup of the Saints defense could be difficult for the Bills offense. And then maybe they just find a way to manufacture something uh, to keep it close offensively. That's what I thought they were going to do last week. <laughs> but uh, the oh, but if I want, I got an angle for this one. But this is kind of being the pessimist because I I agree with Shield. It's I've seen Sean Payton just have a junk ball against like just everything, putting gum and toothpicks, putting an offensive game plan together, motioning everything, and get personnel packages, using Taysom Hill, doing everything he possibly can. Having said that, being a little burned and watching this unit and just seeing like their lack of receiving options. I mean, it just, it's stark. It's not only Trevor Simeon, but just the the receivers and tight ends. It's just like, oh my God, no, I know the Bills play a lot of zone, but it's like, don't really trust a lot of guys coming up with those, those catches and contested, and contested catch situations. So my pick of the day, or one, not my pick of the day, one of my bets of the day is the low scoring team, the Saints at plus 400. And I just think it's a Bills get back on track game. They... Saints stay unhealthy or like, you know, like you said, Armstead, Ramchek, Kamara, all those guys stay out for another week and the Saints go, hey, let's just, let's regroup, let's take the mini buy and let's, you know, enter, enter the last stretch of the season healthy. Could see that maybe they just kind of like, hey, we'll try and muck up this game and maybe keep it low scoring and I'm going to go with the Saints. Uh, low score, low scoring team. I can't believe I just, those words came out of my mouth. The Saints, the lowest scoring team <laughs> on an NFL day, which is just, yeah, just freaking me out even saying that. That's why they're going to score 44. Well, listen, I mean, we, we've seen what it, what it takes to really put up a huge day against the Bills defense. You need to yep. beat the shit out of them. Like, that's mm-hmm. how you need to play against this team. You need to be able to line up and run the ball in a multitude of ways. You need to beat them up front. The Titans did that, and the Colts did that. The Saints offensive line, as currently constructed with Mark Ingram back there, is not set up to do that. Like, that is the avenue to really burn this Bills defense right now. And, Shield, I just don't see a world where this Saints team can do that to them the same way we saw the Colts do it last week. Yeah, they don't. I mean, they don't have the personnel really to just lean into one thing offensively. I mean, you're trying to have protect Simeon and not have him turn the ball over. You're playing a little conservative at the same time. You got to keep up. Um, 
on the other side, I know we talked about Josh Allen's, uh, you know, may, maybe not having those big chunks, but I, I him leading the the day in rushing yards kind of got my attention Ooh. plus 1000. I mean, is there a scenario where they say, "Hey, we watched that Eagles film against the Saints last week. They want to sit back in too deep." You know, we we have some of these quarterback runs in our arsenal. We unveiled them against the Chiefs. We might not want to do them every week, but in a spot like this, hey, we come out the first possession and we're we're having quarterback inclusive runs. All right, now we're going to force you into single high and now we can do some of the things uh we want to do. Maybe it's just one big scramble. I don't know. So uh, Josh, you know, and this is this is the uh, this is the night game, so you want to have a little something juicy, you know, on this yeah. one at a at a plus one thousand something with a little bit of a payoff on it. I love the term quarterback inclusive. I love that. <laughs> that is- <laughs> <laughs> this this isn't too many people like you. You know, you film people, and then all of a sudden it just seeps into my brain, and I start talking like that uh, that as well. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what other way to even say. It. That was awesome. <laughs> it does. It doesn't sound right. It's like when you, you know, I never liked saying fiance, you know, when, when I was gay. I, I don't know, uh, Robert, how, how you're dealing with that. But I always felt like when I was saying, oh, my, my fiance, I always felt a little hoity-toity. And that's kind of what I feel like with the quarterback. Say, so give, give me a better football guy term for that. Did you, so did you say like wife that. and waiting? Like kind of like coach and waiting? I don't like- know. <laughs> I, uh, I don't even remember. I, pro- I probably just avoided talking about it. I mean, you know, I don't And also you have a ring on your finger. You're like, surprise. <laughs> It's a little bit better for me than being a 34-year-old man being like, oh, my girlfriend. It's like that Mulvaney joke. It's like, can my girlfriend come? Like, that's yeah. how I feel. So that, it's been a nice transition away from that. I'll say that. All right. I If I'm betting this one, the, the ones that really jumped out to me is just Buffalo minus five. I mean, I, I just think that them playing against this offense is going to have no answers. Even if they don't put up 30 points, I still feel like even on the road, they're they're a touchdown better than the Saints are as currently constructed. I think that's an overcorrection to the way the Bills looked last week. Even if we're not thrilled about the Bills' offensive upside and how it looks week to week, I think Aaron Schatz tweeted today that they're the most inconsistent team in the history of football outsiders from week to week. Like, even oh, wow. if you're worried about that, <laughs> wow. I still think against this current Saints team, you'd have to feel pretty good. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love when the stat matches what you're watching. Yes, I mean, yeah, that it definitely. You watch that Jaguars game, then you can remember the Chiefs game where you're like, all right, this team's going yeah. to the Super Bowl. It is. Uh, it feels like it's. You know, I, I would be curious just sort of the variance, the team variance this year, even the good teams compared to it. It feels like that as everyone's talked about with so many of these top teams. All right, guys. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to go against. Uh, sh- sorry, I'm. I, last, I'm just afraid to go against Sean Payton as an underdog. So I understand just, it. I, you know, I can see it. In the it Super makes Dome. sense, Bills. But I, it, I'm terrified. I just see him uh, on the sideline there with that mammoth uh, play call sheet, dialing something up, and all of a sudden uh, they're within five points with two minutes left. Or something. <laughs> Trevor Simeon goes for 400 yards. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all we got today. Please enjoy your holiday with your family if this is the last show you listen to. But we will be back with Lindsay tomorrow if you want to check out that in the morning before you start cooking, before you do all of that. I highly encourage you to listen. That's going to be a special Thanksgiving episode. We're just going to go through the stuff that we're thankful for this NFL season. Appreciate you guys listening. Please go check out the Black Friday deal on The Athletic. It's a dollar a month for the next 12 months. There is no better deal you're going to find this holiday season than that. Theathletic.com slash football show. You can go check out the piece that Shield just wrote about the Bills. Check out all the other great NFL work that we have on The Athletic. 
Matt Schneidman wrote a great piece about Devontae Adams today. If you want to go read that, so much great stuff every single day. Highly encourage you guys to check it out. We'll be back tomorrow with Lindsay. In the meantime, talk to you guys soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.